0: Thank you, Corey and Josh, for that special music this morning as you introduce us to worship. And we're delighted you're with us again this morning to join us as we worship at Roseville Baptist Church. Uh, we appreciate all those who have let us know that you've been listening in, some local and some in this community and others in other places, but we, uh, it's good to hear from you and good to hear uh, kind words. And we're grateful that you can be with us again this morning as we come to worship the Lord. I would like to say that, uh, as this is Memorial Day weekend, we uh, lift up uh, families of those who have lost loved ones in past wars and, and uh, those who have been involved uh, in the loss of life. I was watching a TV program last night, and it was talking about, uh, during World War II, some folks who had lost their lives, and they were going back and, and reminiscing about that, and a couple of the guys are in their 90s. One guy was 93. And uh, he cried as though that had just happened uh, yesterday, and I think it happened 73 years ago. So wounds continue to stay with us, and we know that some of you are grieving still over the loss of loved ones who have served uh, our country. I'd like to announce this morning, and you I hope you've already been able to see the flowers, uh, the flowers are placed here in our church this morning uh, in honor of Malin, And Dot Cook, 70 years of being married. 70 years, that's incredible. Uh, You need to write a book after you've been married 70 years about how to do that and give it to uh, particularly our youngsters about uh, how to model uh, that faith and through marriage. And these flowers are given by Malin Gray and Jerry and Stanley and Kathy who are their children and certainly their extended family. And we just congratulate you. We appreciate uh, Malin and Dot. Malin's been involved in so many things through the years. He served as a deacon, he served on Constitution bylaws and various other committees. Dot has really been uh, a person who is caring and loving and has given to our children through the years and just has a warm spirit. And uh, Malin, we know that you've been in the hospital, and glad that you're back home. Uh, I think that anniversary date is actually May the 30th, so we're glad you're back in time for that and hope you stay well. We would like to lift up others who are on our prayer list. If you go to our website, you'll find uh, an accurate, or we hope, an up-to-date prayer list there. If you would like to add your name, please contact Pam by phone or by email and let her know that you'd like uh, your name to be added, and we'll be glad uh, to continue to pray for you. there's so many on there. I won't try to mention all of them this morning, but please look at that list, and we hope that you run a copy of that list and put that on your refrigerator or the place in which you normally pray and that you list them uh, one by one as you go to the Lord in prayer. Would you join me in a time of prayer this morning? Our Heavenly Father, we invoke your presence in this place that we feel your mighty power. We pray, O Father, that as we join our hearts together in a time of worship, that you would come to us and speak to us, yes, individually, as families, and even as churches, that we would know what your call is for us. Help us to be sensitive and alert to what you're trying to show us and tell us during this time of worship. We lift up those who are on our prayer list. We lift those up, Lord, who are hurting and suffering through the loss of a loved one through military service or some who are just grieving because they've lost a loved one in recent days. We pray, O Father, for healing. Healing, yes, of the physical, but Lord, also healing of the mind and most importantly of the spiritual selves that we possess. We pray in this worship time that great things will take place as we hone in, as we focus on the matters that are spiritual. So oftentimes, even though we find ourselves locked in and quarantined by this virus that has invaded our country, still we may have it difficult in our lives to really spend time with you in meditation and prayer. But may we really be honed in and focused on spiritual matters this morning. And we pray that all that we do, it would honor and glorify you and that you would be praised because we recognize you as our Lord and our Savior. This morning, as we come to worship, we pray that we would humble and submit ourselves to you. And we ask your forgiveness in the ways and manners in which we failed you. For it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we make this prayer. Amen and amen.
1: Good morning, church. It's an honor to be here, and thank you for watching with us this morning. I just want to thank uh, Josh and Corey again for being here and for sharing their gifts in worship um, and and for helping lead us this morning. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all-in-all, standing on the promises of God. We serve a God who keeps his promises, and I hope you'll sing with me about that this morning, standing on the promises.
2: Well, good morning, and a special welcome to all the children who are watching with us this morning. I'm so happy that you are watching along with us, and I do want to remind all the parents um, that there is a children's worship bulletin available. If you'll go to the Rollsville Baptist Children's Ministry Facebook page, you'll find that on the most recent post. This morning, I have a Bible verse for you from John chapter 14, verse 2. And this is Jesus speaking, and he says, there are many rooms in my father's house. I wouldn't tell you this unless it was true. I am going there to prepare a place for each of you. Now this is one of my favorite Bible verses and Bible stories for a couple of reasons and one of those reasons is because a few years ago when I was in school I worked during the summer at summer camp with children and We would uh, teach a song that was based on this verse during our children's worship time each Friday during the week. And uh, the song was called Big House and it was by a a band named Audio Adrenaline and you can even look it up on the internet and find it today. But we would teach this song and it reminded me of that when I was reading this verse this week. It reminded me of teaching those movements and teaching that song to the kids. And so I want to teach you the movements, real quick, to the chorus. So you can go back and look uh, at the song and, and know the movements to it. So the chorus starts out saying, come and go with me to my father's house. My father's house is a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. It has a big, big table with lots and lots of food. It has a big, big yard where we can play football, it's a big, big house, that's my father's house. And I love that song, and I loved getting to teach it to children when I was at summer camp, and I hope you guys can learn it and learn those movements to the chorus uh, maybe this week. But I also like this verse because it's a great reminder. It is a great reminder for all of us that Jesus didn't forget about us when he left this earth. No, he didn't forget about us. In fact, he's thinking about us even right now. And if we have faith and trust in God and have faith and trust in Jesus, we know that Jesus has prepared a place for each of us in his kingdom. And we know that because he promises us that very thing. In this verse, he says, I am going there to prepare a place for each of you. And then he also says, after I have done this, I will come back and take you with me. Then we will be together. So that's a great reminder for all of us that Jesus is preparing a place for us in his kingdom. Let's pray and thank him for that this morning. Dear God, thank you so much that you love us so much that you sent your son Jesus. And we thank you that he... Uh, gave us an opportunity for eternal life through his grace and mercy. Lord, we do pray and we do ask that you would uh, remember each of us, and we do pray that you would, uh, would prepare that place for each of us as we have faith in you and trust in you and put our faith in you. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
3: Yes,
0: I am. Thank you, Corey and Josh and Jen. We appreciate that special music as it warms our heart and allows us to know who God really is. I want to read this morning from a very familiar passage that we've often used. We use it a lot of times in funerals. We use it also a lot of times as we're talking about these latter days of Jesus' ministry on earth, and it's from John the 14th chapter. Many of you maybe learned this passage in the King James Version, uh, and some of you can quote that. It might maybe be your favorite passage of all scriptures. But beginning in verse 1 of John 14, it says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled, You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house it has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then we find that Thomas said to him, Lord, We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him and have seen him. A place of rest. Hopefully, during this time, when our lives have been turned upside down and our lifestyles have changed uh, as a result of this COVID-19, we see that some have used this as an opportunity to actually get some rest and relaxation. Many have shared with me that you've been able to spend more time with your family than you can hardly ever remember. For a long time, you've had both quantity and quality of time with your family. Yet some of you have shared with me, you've had about all the family time that you can uh, endure. You've sort of been locked in. You've been quarantined. uh, You've been there with your family. Uh, One lady has said this. She said, I've cooked and I've cleaned and I've done schoolwork, uh, about all that I can deal with. And she finally said to her family one morning, She said, I don't know where I'm going, and I don't know when I'm coming back, but I'm leaving this house for a while, and I'll see you guys a little later. And she went to see one of her friends and got refreshed and renewed and came back. I like what one person said, that being quarantined with a talkative child is like having a parrot super glued to your shoulder. Now, that parent needs a break. All of us would agree that we need that place of rest, that place of refreshment, that time in which we have our spirits renewed. Now, for you, that may be getting in your man cave, or maybe it's going to the beach. A lot of people are at the beach, probably even as you listen in, or are going to the beach maybe tomorrow or going very soon. We see the beaches are really filling up. It may be going on the back porch and getting in your swing. Or maybe this morning your place of rest is right here, what we're doing in a time of worship. If you don't have that place of rest, we can find ourselves in a mess. We can find ourselves stressed out. We can find ourselves burnout out in life. Eric Clapton, who arguably may be the greatest living rock guitarist, wrote a heart-wrenching song about the death of his four-year-old son some years ago. His son fell from a 53-story window. And we see that Clapton took off some nine months to try to get his life back together as he was in a point of grieving. This hardship made his music, though, when he came back more softer and more powerful and more reflective You perhaps have heard the song that he wrote about his son's death. It's a song of hope, for it says Would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Would it be the same if I saw you in heaven? I must be strong and carry on, because I know I don't belong here in heaven. Would you hold my hand if I saw you in heaven? Would you help me stand if I saw you in heaven? I find my way through night and day because I know I just can't stay here in heaven. He goes on to say, time can bring you down, time can bend your knees, time can break your heart, have you begging please, begging please, beyond the door there's peace I'm sure and I know there's no more tears In heaven, I think through writing this song and his own journey, that he found his place of rest. It's interesting that Jesus, here after observing the Passover meal with his disciples, he washes their feet in an act of servitude and then he calls out Judas, who is going to betray him. He points out that the disciple, uh, at that time he didn't know it, but it was Peter who was going to deny him. And then he says, I'm going to be leaving you. And then we find these words of hope. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or rooms, as it says here. I go to prepare a place for you, and I come again and take you to myself, so where I am, there you may be also one glad day. You know, hardship has a way of getting our attention. Pain slows us down. It can even soften us. Very few of us, when facing a trial, come out of it the same person that we entered into. This pandemic that we are going through uh, has changed your lives. I think there's going to be a lot of stories when all of this ends about what we learned, what we experienced, and what we've gone through. I think hopefully for most people we'll be better people on the other side of this. Some may not be, may have uh, more pain and stress and heartache uh, than they can get over in a short period of time. But we find that Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for some hard times that may be coming along. And I think as we look at this passage, we see that having faith in Christ enables us to overcome stress and worry. You have any of that in your life today? What do you mean overcoming stress and worry? Is that even possible? I've tried that. I've tried to talk myself down uh, from time to time, and it just hasn't been working, you may say. But let me tell you this. It is absolutely essential that we seek to eliminate stress and worry from our lives. Worry has a way of distorting our reality. Worry often leads us to false assumptions and conclusions. We can imagine and conjure up things that we don't even know that exist or possibly never will happen. And we spend a lot of time and we spend a lot of energy uh, worrying about things. You remember uh, the story of the airline pilot who had a group of passengers uh, as he was flying this airplane. And he came on the intercom and he says, I just want to let you know uh, that one of our engines has gone out. And we're going to be delayed for about an hour getting to our destination. And then he came back on about 30 uh, minutes later and he said, I just want to let you know that the second engine has gone out and we're going to be two hours delayed. And then about an hour later he came back on the intercom again and he says, I hate to report this, you don't need to worry about it, but our third engine has gone out and we're going to be four hours late. After a few minutes a wife looked at her husband and whispered in his ear, I said, I'm starting to worry myself. You know, if that last engine goes out, we may be up here all night. If you want to be distracted from reality, work yourself into that state of anxiety. If Jesus had any concerns, it was that his disciples were going to get so focused on what was wrong and all the pain and all the anxiety uh, that they would just spend all their time worrying instead of actually doing ministry and doing something productive. Let's look at the story that we've just read together. As Jesus had just finished dinner with his disciples, it's early Thursday evening. Jesus has about 24 more hours to be with his disciples. He will be crucified the next day. After experiencing a rest and in. in- interrogation and also torture if anyone has reason to worry it's jesus christ but what does he do he introduces peace to his disciples he wants to bring calm and tranquility to their lives he wants them to focus on the proper and right things you see he looks at his disciples who have just watched judas leave the dinner table in an act of betrayal and then he says Where am I going? You cannot come. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He tells them not to be afraid. At that moment when tension was so thick that you could cut it with a knife, he says, there is a place of rest for a troubled heart within my father's home. And there is a room for you. Not only for those disciples, he's saying, present tense disciples, there's a room for you that I'm preparing in heaven. And for all of those who are believers in me as Jesus Christ followers, then I have a place for you. So don't be worried. Don't be troubled. Everything's going to turn out all right. I love what happens next in John. Look at how Jesus spends the next few minutes he has with his disciples as he tries and seeks to calm their fears. First, he says here that don't let your hearts be troubled because I'm leaving with you the Holy Spirit to help you to remember what I've taught you. I don't want you to forget those things. Secondly, he says, don't have troubled hearts because I leave you my peace, not as the peace that the world leaves you, but I give you a new kind of peace. And then thirdly, he says, I love you. I hope that you not only hear that for those disciples gathered with Jesus that night. That you hear it this morning. That he really does love you. That he cares about you. He's concerned about you. He wants to know what your problems are, your cares. And he wants you to to lay them at his feet. And then he's he's, um, real frank with them. As he tells them, the world's going to hate you. Uh, Don't have troubled hearts about this. Uh, You don't belong to the world. Remember, uh, they persecuted me first, and the servant is greater than his master. No, it isn't, he says. And, And then he's really honest with them. He tells them that they will grieve when he leaves them, but one day, one day, their grief will be relieved, and they'll be in the presence of God again. And finally, he prays. He prays for himself. He prays for his disciples. And before we were ever in the picture of living, he prays for us. And he prays for us today. Isn't that remarkable? The conversations that went on. How he was trying to prepare the way for them. 21 chapters in the Gospel of John and about 5 chapters encompass this time in which uh, they were around the dinner table before his death. He wants them to be ready. He wants them to be calm. He wants them to be free of a troubled heart. He wants us to be free of a troubled heart. Let me ask you this morning. Do you have a troubled heart? Is there things that's really bothering you? Are you stressed out about some things? Do you have more worries than anybody could ever imagine that you have. Maybe nobody else knows about them. Maybe it's all this encompassed in this virus that we've been going through and all the changes and augmentations that we've had to make. Maybe it's because somebody's hurt you, been saying all manners of evil against you. Maybe it's a family member who has lost their way and. You've done absolutely everything you know to try to bring them back into the fold, and you just haven't been successful in doing that. You see, Christ, he wanted those disciples to know, if you have faith in me, you will overcome your worry, and secondly, you will have direction in your life. Now, there are many ways that we seek to find direction in our life. We want to know whom we're going to marry, We'd like to know what profession we're going to be involved in and how much we need to put in our 401K. And all those those decisions are important decisions. Still, there are none more important and crucial than the spiritual decisions that we make on this day and tomorrow and every day of our life. Uh, Who is going to help us make those spiritual decisions? Karl Barth, the great theologian, was lecturing to students at Princeton University. And one student asked the German theologian this question, sir, do you think that God revealed himself in other religions and not only in Christianity? And Barth was a little stunned, but here's how he answered with a modest thunder in his voice. No, God has not revealed himself in any religion including Christianity. He has revealed Himself in His Son. Now, there are three great religions in the world today. Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. But there's only one Son, God's Son, only one through whom God has revealed Himself and only one whose teaching stands above all others. There are wonderful teachings that we find in Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life for all, absolutely all, men and women. And finally, I'd say Jesus wants us to know that if we have faith in him, that he will help, support, and be our companion along the journey that we live. What kind of help is Jesus talking about? Well, in verse 12, he says that we will be doing great works. And then in verse 14, he says... Ask and it will be given unto you. Now, who will be doing the work? Is it you and me, or is it Jesus? A well known preacher, many years ago, by Dr. Leslie Weatherhead, tells a story about himself. He says he was in high school, Um, he was studying for a test, he wasn't making a lot of progress, and then he said he got to reading the Bible and he came upon this verse. Here in John 14, in whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And so he believed that verse. He believed uh, that if you asked it, then it'll take care of itself. And that God was going to help him pass that exam. He told God he believed his promise. And he wanted a good grade. And the next day, Weatherhead uh, took the examination. And when all the grades came back in, he had failed. And he was disillusioned. He rebelled, and he almost lost his faith, and he concluded that the promises of the Bible were no good, all because God had not granted his wish for a good grade. And then the next year, he repeated the course. He worked hard, and he passed. And this time, though, he decided that he did not need God. He could do it all by himself. After some years passed, Dr. Weatherhead came to understand that his own powers and abilities were the power that God himself had given him. He began to recognize that God had already given him the power to pass the examination, but that he had not used that power the first time around. God always shows up, doesn't he, on his part? But he wants us completely on board, giving all that we have to the cause that we are involved in. You see, the power is there for us to use. Not the kind of power uh, that bails us out, but the kind that shapes and molds our life into the image that we need to be a part of. This kind of help that says, I will strengthen your soul so you learn not to worry when times are difficult and when times are tough, that yes, we can lean on the Lord, but he says, do what you can do. This kind of help doesn't show us the way altogether, but rather becomes our way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is our life. The kind of help that doesn't uh, just do good works for us, but rather teaches us and strengthens us to use our gifts and talents to do good in this world in which we're in. God's Spirit is always with us, enabling us to do our best. I remember a professor that I had when I did my doctoral work at Drew University, Dr. Anderson. Uh, he would start each one of the classes by saying, are there any clouds, are there any concerns that anybody has? Sort of a, you know, a prayer list, and many people would share various things. <clears throat> and Then he would take a passage of scripture and read it, and he would want us uh, to get in a relaxed state. He called it Lectio Divina. Uh, where we would get comfortable in our chair and relax from some period of time. Now, we Baptists are not used to being quiet and meditative. We want to be talking all the time. So those of us who were in the class who were Baptists, we were struggling with that. Just being quiet and listening to the voice of God. And we imagine that Jesus was standing right in front of us and he understood our concerns and he understood our cares and he was there to minister to us in our time of need and we would come out of that we, we did it for five minutes to start with and then we got up to 10 minutes doing that which there again for baptists that seemed like a long time just being quiet and listening but we shared marvelous stories about how God had come to us. I hope that each of us would find that in the Lord. I'm reminded of those words that Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you have that place of rest in your life this morning? If not, I hope that during this time or shortly after this service that you will pause and you'll be quiet for a moment and you will imagine that Jesus is standing in front of you. He's there to hear your concerns, to hear your cares, to hear even your worries. And he's there to give you release and relief. He's there to bless your life, to give you the reassurance that he's walking along beside you during these days that we may find very difficult to live in. Nobody knows, the song says, the troubles I've had. And we don't so often know one another's troubles. But may we leave them at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going away. You can't go right now. I know you don't understand that. I'm coming back to get you again. Those of us who are his disciples, who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's how we come to know uh, abundant life and eternal life as we've spoken that before. Find your place of rest in Jesus Christ. During these days that we find a lot challenging and uncertain, and he will bless you And he always comes to us and gives us uh, relief and pardon in the midst of our pain and guilt and sinfulness. Amen and amen. May God bless you uh, today. As we close in a word of prayer, uh, I want to lift up uh, again those who may be going through hard times. Uh, Some of those, again, are physical, some emotional, mental, or spiritual. Uh, Some uh, have separation and isolation issues uh, that are taking place. But I hope each of us can find ourselves trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, but also our sustaining grace. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this scripture. Thank you for the words that pierce our hearts as they brought comfort and peace to the disciples many, many years ago. May they do the same for us this morning. We pray, O Lord, that we would trust more deeply in you. And those worries that we have and those stressors uh, that invade our life, we pray that we would give them over to you and that we would not waste precious time and energy going over the same things in our mind and brains. Lord, we pray that we would lay them at your feet and that you would take up our burdens as we cast them upon you. Bless our people on this day and may our faith be enlarged because we're willing uh, to submit our lives to you. Forgive us in the ways in which uh, we have wasted away uh, time so often in worry. But Lord, we pray that you relieve that on this day for us. In the precious name of Christ our Lord, we make this prayer. Amen. Again, it's good that you have been with us. We hope the Lord has blessed you and touched you and that the Lord has come to you in a special way. And uh, if we can help you in the church, please let us know. You can call the church office. You can email us or text us. We'll be glad to be back in touch with you. Uh, Some of you have been in touch with us, and we appreciate that. Thank you for your uplifting words of encouragement for all of those who are here again that's helping with this service. We thank you. Uh, we've, We've had some of the same constants each week, and we've had some different people that are here, but we thank all of those who make this service possible. It's an important thing. Although we can't be here, we're able to be with one another through the Spirit because we're able to do this live, and we're grateful. We don't know when we'll be back Uh, In the pocket in terms of church, there's all kind of ideas and concepts and theories out there. We'll be meeting in leadership and trying to determine that. But until we meet again, we ask the Lord would bless you and keep you uh, in the palm of his hand. May God bless you.